Hi, this is Danielle from the Jealous Curator, and this is episode 135 of Art for Your Ear. This episode is supported by Saatchi Art, the world's largest curated online gallery offering original art by independent artists from around the world. You can visit them at saatchiart.com. Episode 135 is also supported by Thrive. Two artists in Vancouver, Jamie Smith and Tara Galaska, started the Thrive Mastermind program for female artists all around the world. Each mastermind group is made up of about 10 women who meet every month, either in person in Vancouver and Victoria or online, to get advice and give advice about the ups and downs of being artists. If you're looking for this kind of support and accountability, head to their website, thriveartstudio.com. All right, today is going to be crazy and filled with passion, hilariousness, and a lot of cursing. Prepare yourself to laugh, cry, and be inspired by the creative tornado that is Ashley Longshore. I have loved Ashley's paintings for years, but it is her story and joy-filled personality that I want to share with you. Her whole jam is about empowering not only herself, but everyone else too. She is an entrepreneur running her very own insanely successful fempire. Brace yourself because we're just jumping right in. Ready? Calling Ashley in New Orleans. I believe I'm podcasting with the jealous curator. <laughs> well, that's how I feel about you. Yeah, but you're like, I mean, I, uh, I mean, this is just like, this is fucking cool. Am I allowed to say fuck? Yeah, I, I was pretty sure you were going to, so. <laughs> it's my exclamation point, and honestly, there are no ties to the word specifically that it even really is a bad word. Society made it a bad word. I think it's actually an anachronym for fornication under consent of the king. Really? Uh, from way back in the day. So, you know, fuck isn't even a bad word. I love it. Well, and you're right. It's a very, uh, it's a great way to make your point. You're fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we should just start. Let's go for it, baby. Let's okay. go for it. So I will edit if you want me, to, if there's anything, but I have a feeling you won't care. I don't care. Ask me anything. <laughs> I'm an open book. I have no secrets and I sleep like a fucking baby. So let's roll. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's, we have to start talking about. Little Ashley and your debutante days. Oh my so, god! When you were, when you were a kid. First of all, so you're in um, New Orleans now, but that's not where you grew up. No, I grew up in Montgomery, Alabama. Okay, and so were you? I read somewhere that that's what your mother had great debutante plans for you. She did. I literally had my name monogrammed on my underwear until I started my period. Um, the woman dressed me up like a doll. I, I, I was in cotillion and models and manners class. Um, and I always just felt so damn weird. And I wondered, what's wrong with me? What, 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 why doesn't this feel right? You know what I mean? I never felt like I was in, in my groove. And it wasn't until, you know, a few years ago when I was like, my God, everything that made me feel weird as a child and made me feel awkward in my hometown is what makes me so fucking awesome right now. Because I was this little nerd, right? And I mean, on Easter morning, all the other kids loved to have it on their Easter bonnets. They loved being in their Easter dress. And I just wanted to be, you know, stuffing my face with chocolate eggs and digging up. <laughs> bugs in the yard you know I mean it's like real talk fortunately my father was um, very supportive of that so do you have siblings I do I have a younger sister she's seven years younger her name is Allison was she was she into the bonnets very much into bonnets oh, she is okay. in the fashion world she would put on on my mother's dresses and look in the mirror and go pretty pretty oh. and my mom would look at her and just smile and then look at me and be like oh God, what am I going to do with this child? <laughs> well, were you, so you were eating chocolate and, and looking at bugs. Were you artsy then? Were you making stuff? I mean, you know, it, it's funny. Yes. I, 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 I truly believe that you're born an artist. Me too. I, I don't think that you decide, hey, I'm going to be an artist one day. I mean, you could learn technique all you want. Um, to be able to create the images that you see in your mind. And I have great respect for that. But, um, no, I, I think an artist is born. I think an artist is born 100%. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just, it's that sort of um, insatiable thing where it's just like you, 
see stuff and you just have to make something out of it. Well, and I think too, and I realized this, um, maybe last year, uh, I was painting and, you know, it's very meditative. It's a very, it's a very solitary thing, um, to, to be an artist as much as I'm a peacock and I love having my own studio and meeting people all the time, you know, those moments of reflection and painting are really important. Um, and I just realized, my God, I'm painting as an escape from myself, really, because my parents had gone through this divorce. And, you know, I started painting when I was 18 years old, which is a weird time anyway. Um, and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I feel like in America, there's so much pressure to say, what do you want to do? What are you going to college for? What are you going to be? Yeah. God, where is my place in the world? And when I started painting, I just lost myself in something that was so <sighs> being able to sit back at the end of the day and to see something that reflected my time in my life was a really beautiful thing. And it made me go, my God, this is it. This is it. And as gregarious as I am and outspoken as I am, you know, I don't always want to be the center of attention. And this way my paintings could be the center of attention. Mm -hmm. And when it came, it, I felt completely comfortable, you know, hey, yeah, come in my studio. Let's talk about this. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. But, you know, in, in the beginning, it, it was really, it, it, it saved me. It, it saved me 100%. Mm -hmm. what, what was it at 18 that made you decide to start painting? You know, I've never done it before. And my mother had put me in every extracurricular activity on the planet. I mean, if you can imagine me at gymnastics, <laughs> the level of inertia uh, for, you know, <laughs> my, my wheels are fucking on point. Um, she, you know, I, I had all this energy. I was in theater. I was in ballet, tap dance, baton, which, by the way, I can tap dance like a motherfucker. Um, I hope your baton skills are still up to par. Oh, oh, you listen, um, my mother made me join the flag corps in the eighth grade. Like that wasn't social suicide. Oh, my God. Um, oh, yeah. I could twirl a broomstick. I could do all kinds of stuff. I mean, I, I basically I was born to paint and to do parlor tricks. If you want to know the truth. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I forgot what we were talking about. Uh, we were talking about how you started painting. So you're doing all these classes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I just was like, oh, shit. Hey, Dad, um, I'm going to go. Can I can I have your Amex? You know, and he was like, what? And I went and got his Amex and I bought myself a hobby. I went and I bought uh, I bought a set of drums and I bought a paint kit and and I sat on the floor and I started doing these little paintings. And then I looked down at my watch and it was like it, like eight hours had gone by. And I was like, whoa, that is so crazy. I just I just loved it. So that's uh that's, That's the best, I, isn't it? When when you just lose track of all time. It is. It it is. It, you know, it's the best thing in the world. It's like, it's like you know when you meet your true love and you you know you're like making out and you like you know kiss for like ten hours in the beginning of a relationship. You know, <laughs> I mean that, that sure as hell doesn't go down when you're married. You know what I'm saying? But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's this intoxicating, thrilling high. And I think that's why I'm so productive in my art because it's like I'm looking for that high, that escape, that that complete and total full body orgasm tingle of having a, an image in my mind or a thought that makes me laugh my ass off and then getting it on that canvas. You know, every time I do it, it's, it's such a high. It's yeah. such a high. You I know. totally know what you mean. I totally, totally know. Yeah. Do you, do you, um, okay, wait, I got, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, okay. You're 18. You're on the floor. You're painting. You love it. So you're trying to figure out what to do with your life. Did you go to art school or did you just no. keep doing your own thing? No. And I, you know, I, I never wanted to go to art school. Um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm very, um, strong-willed and it was something that I, I wanted to be mine and I don't I didn't I wasn't ready for anybody to be critiquing me or telling me what needed to be different it wasn't about a career at that point it was about me really finding happiness with myself yeah. me finding that place that I, you know I just told you about where I just felt shit I love this God, I love this. I finally found something that I really love other than doing keg stands like a boss, you know? <laughs> and 
So, you know, then, then I started thinking, okay, I really love this. I'm an American woman. I, my father's an entrepreneur. I, I, I want to make a living at doing this. And of course my father's like, oh my God, the only thing more difficult is if you would, if you wanted to be a poet. And I'm like, oh, you know, daddy, chill out. So, um, you know, and I was reading at the time about so many artists who were living in successful. And I thought, well, well I, I'm a woman. Why can't I be a female artist that has that same level of success while I'm living? Because, I mean, fuck the dead artist mm-hmm. mentality. You know, fuck the museums and all that other shit. That's great. But, I mean, you know, th- 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 you know, you can do that when I'm dead. Right now, I want to. I want to know my clients. I want to. I want to be thriving. I want to be meeting people and traveling. So, um, I, I started to put together a little portfolio when I was in college, and I mean that's back when you had to take slides. Yeah, <laughs> I remember those days. So <laughs> sucks. So bad. They so bad. Sucks so bad. So, um, you know, I, I started doing that, and I mean, you know, I, I also learned how much the word no was important to where I am right now because people told me no all the time. You're not marketable. Uh, you know, you need to keep working. And it, it, instead of it discouraging me, it really, it really lit a huge fire under my ass. Yeah. Like um, an angry fire, like I'll prove you wrong kind of fire. I mean, I don't want to call it an angry fire, but like a hot fire. Yeah. It's hot. Like Good for you fire. because it could completely have gone the other way. Yeah, I'm, I'm not an angry person, and I don't want to be angry. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, that, that being said, I'm extremely determined, and I love a challenge. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I started to put together a portfolio, and whenever I would, like, travel to go see my friends from college, I would, I would call galleries, and I would go call on people. And I just thought, well, shit, this is a numbers game. The more people I can get my work in front of, if I go to 10 galleries, one says yes, that's awesome. If one says, hey, maybe, that's awesome too, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that, that was, that was a scary, um, very illuminating path at that time. I also thought, you know, this is so funny to even say this, but you know, the internet happened. Um, and, and I started thinking about, okay, how can I do this without fucking galleries? Because also 50% blows and I still feel the same way about that. Yeah. Um, I think it completely fucks up the value of artwork. Um, if somebody buys a painting from a gallery and only 50% goes to the artist, they're investing in something brick and mortar as much as they're investing in the, in the artwork itself. And I find that to be inflated. I find it to be useless. I find it to be greedy. And pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. Anyway, um, <laughs> I started, you know, I was like, all right, look, if I want to sell art, I can't do it to all my broke friends. So then I'm like, all right, well, whose mama likes me? <laughs> Let me go find me a good old-fashioned country club in tennis mama and see if she, because, I mean, I'm like, these women drink wine all day anyway. Why don't I see if they could, like, have a little gig for me at their house? Oh, you're so, smart. Yeah, girl. Yeah, girl. Fire. Feeling <laughs> a fucking fire. <laughs> So I go, well, look, look, uh, you know, I relate everything to gardening, sex and fishing. You know, if I want to catch a marlin, I don't throw bait in a, in a goldfish bowl. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got to get a big boat and I got to fucking start trolling up and down, you know. <sighs> so, I mean, I've, I've taken my career in, in that exact same way. So, you know, little by little, when I had these little, you know, shows and I would make $1,200 and think I was rich as hell and I would be like, I'm never not going to have $300 in my bank account. Like, hey, tw- tw- you know, 24 pack of beer on me this weekend, guys. Let's go swimming in the lake. Um, you know, it just kind of grew from there. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to get all these emails. I'm going to start compiling this email list. When I finish new paintings, I'll direct email, you know, these ladies and say, hey, look, I just finished these new paintings. You know, sometimes it was a mercy buy, but, you know, it doesn't matter. It's all the same. <laughs> um, and so, so it, it really, it, it really has snowballed from there in the most beautiful of ways, you know, same philosophy just bigger now, you know, yeah. and then last week I wake in Chicago and my team is in their underwear at my hotel door beating on it. I'm thinking, oh my God, because we've got totally turned on it before we missed our fucking flight and they're all crying going, Ashley, the fucking New York Times. And 
You know, it's good old fashioned American hustle, being an entrepreneur, being an artist and seeing there's all this possibility right before every single one of us. Who's going to take it? Yeah. Who's going to hustle hard enough? It's amazing. I know. That's why I love your story so much. Like your hustle is real. And um, when I didn't mean angry fire, I just meant like you have this like tenacity just to keep on going. And so many artists, me included, you know, like I was told in art school at the very end of art school that I should never paint again. And I stupidly listened, right, for 15 years. And I did other stuff, but not really art because I was, I don't know, kind of broken. And I wish that I had had that fire to go, oh, yeah, watch this. You know what? Something I've always had, and I really think I've got this from my father, is the ability that even when somebody told me, you know, these galleries that said you're not marketable, which by the way, I really, when it's something like the New York times happens, I do think about them. And I think about, there's a, a list of bitches that have been mean to me. And I laugh to myself. Cause I'm like, I know they suck dick for everything and I don't have to suck dick for anything. <laughs> if it's okay to say that. It, yeah. But, bring it on. Guess what? Guess what? Now my precious jealous curator, they're sucking dick to get my arm. <laughs> <laughs> some of them are even having to give a pinky up to the second knuckle you know what I'm saying for, for like a little painting and I'm laughing all the way to the fucking back oh um, that's so awesome but like were you ever because I saw something I think it was in the New York Times article about um crying snot bubbles was that that was mm-hmm. the the beginning yeah. of the rejection part oh yeah yes yes in the Bowery Hotel I had this um shyster uh, fashion designer who had had this uh you know under the guise of having a show for me in new york you know young artists you think there's some magic about new york city um and new york city is magical but you don't need new york city to make it as an artist because when the time is right new york will come to you trust me um but yeah so he he had tricked me into like paying for all the food and like all this stuff and I, i was so so broke and, oh, yeah, I was in the Bowery Hotel crying so loud that their security guard came and knocked on the door and asked me if everything was okay. I cried because, you know, I had worked as hard as I I could have possibly worked on that particular collection. I cried because I had invested so much of my own time and money into that. And it's a lesson in... Um, not trusting people because I'm definitely not jaded, but it, it was, it was a lesson in self-reliance and me being able to take care of myself no matter what. Yeah. And, um, and, and I'm, I'm not sad for that at all because, you know, there's still snot bubbles for different reasons. I mean, you know, just be, just because you have, you know, a comma or two in the bank doesn't mean your problems go away at, at all. Um, but anyway, you know, I, I, um, that, that that journey of getting to the point where you can really be self-reliant as an artist is a, it, it's a scary one, man. It's like climbing Mount Everest. I mean, you don't know when a snowstorm's going to show up. You, you, you don't know when you run out of oxygen. I mean, it, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. Well, that's why I wanted to touch on that because you are so awesome and hilarious and doing your thing and entrepreneurial and all these things. And I just think it's so important for people to know that there were snot bubbles. And because, you know, everybody kind of goes through that and it's like, you know, I put my pencil down when that teacher told me I couldn't paint anymore, which was the dumbest thing I've ever done. And so I just want people to know, like, I love that you, you know, it's just like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to keep going. And I finally got in there, but I, I took a hiatus. So I just everybody think it's has their own journey. Everybody yeah. has a journey. But it's, it's such it. a good example. Uh, you know, you're such a good example of, of just keep on going, you know. Um, okay. So in college, did you do business then or what did you study? Hell no. What did uh, you do? <laughs> English literature, and I couldn't tell you the last. I couldn't tell you the last book I read. Oh my god! I thought it was going to be like your entree. Yeah, because you are you. You know what you're doing with this whole business thing. So I thought maybe that's what you did. No, it's not that difficult. I, it's well very- it, for you. You got like some people have a really hard time knowing how to do all that stuff, and you, my God, you're just like. The fact that you could figure out the internet so early on and how to harness it and... Because I was broke. I was <laughs> broke and I was like, the internet is free. An email campaign is free. Instagram is free. Facebook is free. All I needed was a phone. And I was like, I've got to use all these tools because I'm fucking broke, man. <laughs> and I mean, that's like what you just said. 
I, I, I love to talk about the bad shit because the good stuff is really boring. You know, I mean, the good, perfect, yay, money, selling, aw. Okay, well, you know, who gives a damn about that? You know, let me let, let me tell you about when I was too broke to pay my fucking bill and I sat there and painted with my little hands were freezing, you know, in in the dark. You know, that's where people get their inspiration. It's not it's not from perfection at all. Yeah. That's what's They're- exciting. That's why I love this. I I well um, you know, I've written about you before and uh, I saw the New York Times thing and I was just like, girl, like just so excited because I love that your work is crazy and you and um, that you just say what you think and you just do your thing. And then to be celebrated for that is just fucking it's, awesome. You know what? I really believe that you get back what you put out and I, you know, Jealousy isn't something I feel. I know you are the jealous curator. I get jealous if I see somebody eating fried chicken in the airport and I think, God, I want that chicken so bad. <laughs> but I've always felt like I have the same opportunity as anybody else. How can I do this? Yeah. The, other, yeah. the other thing is, you know, when people were telling me I wasn't marketable, when people were telling me, you know, Ashley, you're never going to make it. Good luck with all that. I always had this love for, for who I am as a person. I've always been able to sleep really well at night. And I think a huge part of being an entrepreneur, being an artist, being an entrepreneur, if you will, Ooh. is being able to say, I love me some motherfucking me, damn it. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It's like these artists come to me and they go, oh, you know, I, I want to paint like this. And, oh, I don't like the way this looks. And it's like, yeah, but it, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. The only thing that matters is what you, what you think. You don't have to compare your things to anybody else's because the world needs artists' unique impression of existence. I mean, it's how, look, we, we go to New York, we go to the Metropolitan. What are we looking at? Art from forever. We define history through art. We are all art in our own way, but who is capable of putting it out there where other people can share and relate to their own experience of life? This is why I don't like to work with galleries. Me selling art direct to my clients is like making love, baby. And if people buy shit from a gallery, it's like art in my French. It's like, it's like fucking through a glory hole. I like to look at eyes when I take their money. <laughs> Oh my God, you're awesome. Oh, okay, I have to say one thing about jealousy. And then I want to ask you about clients. So I, when I started Jealous Curator, I was truly jealous because I was that those people, you know, wanting to make stuff but not making stuff because I was trying to please everybody instead of pleasing myself. And so I started Jealous Curator basically not to get readers, not to, just to figure that out for myself because I was like, this is messed up. Like I... You know, I knew it wasn't healthy, and, and I mean, it was breaking me. And within probably two months of writing it, I the jealousy completely went away, and I was just in it. Like, I was just so excited for everybody and all the things I was finding, and I started making art again, and um, it did exactly what I hoped that it would do. But then I always say, my business cards are already made, so too, yeah, and look, too late to at, change it. Look at this platform. Look at the platform you created but but you had to go through that journey, you know? I did, yeah. And I mean, it was honest. That's the thing is, like, calling it that was honest because I really was. And it was, I know, like, I now I'm jealous of fried chicken. And that's a much healthier thing to be jealous of than, <laughs> than is it? well, is it? Well, maybe a little, little you know. Oh, God, I love, I love chicken strips. You don't even know this. When I check into a nice hotel, I make them bring me a shot of their ranch. And if they have shitty ranch, I walk out the door. <laughs> that is an... Oh, now, I will, I'll have to do that now. <laughs> because if you don't, yeah, what's the point? He asked... Last time I had my whole team at the plaza, when I had my opening at Bergdorf Goodman, oh and they had really shitty ranch. And I was like, this really blows. We've been working really hard. We totally got tipsy. We got back. We ordered all these chicken strips. And I'm like, this is just not palatable. And then the next time I went with my team, they had totally upgraded. <laughs> oh, my God. You, you're you changing the world one I'm ranch at a time. Ranch is is the unsung hero of the condiment world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then what an excellent way to judge the world. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know my husband is a major ranch fan. Like that's, it's with every meal. So he would really appreciate this a lot. Yeah. Well, you share this with him. I will. I'll tell him now he'll, he can take a shot of ranch wherever he goes. Um, okay. So, oh, there's so much like this is supposed to be an hour. Like I, I think this might be a five hour interview because, okay. I'll tell you everything. And yes, I am naked right now. <laughs> really? I get hot when I do these interviews. So just so you know. I'm pretty hot too, but I, there are, I've got a little bit on. I'm sitting on a towel because, because my mother brought me up like that. <laughs> so I'm proud. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, were you wearing clothes for your client meeting that you just had or no? Yeah. I put on a robe. Oh, okay. Good. Woo. Um, so clients, you have some crazy clients. Uh. Now, okay, so you go from snot bubbles being told that you're not marketable to clearly you're marketable and you're selling. So it starts with these wine ladies. And but now you're like at Bergdorf's and like Blake Lively is buying your stuff. Like what is like how where's the where's the transition? Seek and ye shall find. Look for the queen bee and ye may find her. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Genesis. Uh, chapter 24 verse 2 um listen I mean here's the other thing though too my artwork it's celebratory it's very effervescent it's colorful so I mean you know my clients love to celebrate life they love color they love big they love over the top it just so happens that lots of movie stars and billionaires are really into that vibe and you know i knew by not taking the gallery route and being able to scrape up enough cash to produce a pop-up you know in new york to produce a pop-up in you know miami to be able to like interact with these people, to going where the entrepreneur money is in the United States, I knew that was very, very important. You know, being based in New Orleans, this is my soil, baby. This is where mm-hmm. I produce my art. New Orleans is my mama. She's like the big bosom that I can cry on. I love to make my art here. This is a city that celebrates art. That being said, there isn't a huge entrepreneurial new money community here. I have to go where those people are. Mm-hmm. Dallas, Houston, San Fran, New York City. You know, God bless Dallas, Texas. God bless yeah. New York City. God bless new money and people that like to spend money and be seen spending money. It's America, baby. That said, <laughs> I ended up, you know, having the same the same opportunity in Switzerland. Also in Antwerp. You know, there's more money in Antwerp than in Belgium than any other country in Europe. You know, it's it's it, all along that way, you know, creating these opportunities, going for it, fearlessly saying, I may come home broke as hell, but also I'm just going to work as hard as I can and be be optimistic mm-hmm. that I play and meeting those people, interacting with those people, making money in those other places, learning the difference between selling artwork in a city like New York City and selling artwork in a place like Switzerland where you don't talk about money. You don't, you know, flash credit cards. People email you the next day and ask you, you know, what's your bank account? Let me wire you money. I mean, the Hmm. mountains are big in Switzerland because they're full of money. That's where they stash all of it. Um, (laughs) You know, and then having opportunity to be, you know, in Shanghai and Tokyo and doing some of these big corporate collaborations and learning, you know, different rituals and different, you know, ways that people are buying artwork and interacting with artists all over the world. It's it's incredible. You know, you take all that knowledge, you take it and it's it's not about ego, but you I don't know, it just it, it, it makes that fire. It just it, 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 it just that fire doesn't go away, you know, yeah. it's. It, now, not about making money. It's about this joyous, incredible life and spreading this energy that people are responding to. I mm-hmm. mean, that's I what I love about your work. It's just so it it's just happiness. You know, it's just it so is, fun because that's all I want to live in. Yeah. I, you think about it. All these incredible artists that you do post on. I mean, and just like what I told you, how art saved me. I was, I was creating a space that I felt comfortable in, you know, it is my job to create these images and this environment that, that is my world 
on this planet. And it just so happens that other people want to be in Ashley world too. It's a world full of color and joyousness and perversion and expletives and beauty and sparkle. And I think there's a lot of people that respond to that. You know, Mm -hmm. they want their life to be full of that. Um, thank God, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that, that's such a beautiful way of thinking about it. You know, and I, I don't know, I think you and I must be close to the same age. I'm just thinking with slides and all that jazz. I'm 42. You're what? I'm 42. They said in the New York Times I was 46, but I'm 42. (laughs) Well, I'm about to turn 45 in like 10 days. So, um, Thanks. And so, yeah, it's kind of, it's taken me all this time. And I, you know, in the last couple of years, I've actually, like, I love hearing you say this because I feel like I'm finally making art that is my little Danielle world. And it is the most amazing place to live. It, it is. You know, and I love that you are just doing it. So when you're, when you started doing all these, like the pop-ups and everything, because I know you have a team now who seem oh. amazing. I love that they're crying with you and banging on your door and um, eating ranch with you. Were you doing that stuff at the beginning? Was it just you? Oh my God, of course it was just me. Yeah. I had a little studio in the back of my house. I mean, shit. Yeah. It, it, it was my dream to be able to have, you know, my own space. And, um, you know, it, it took, it took a lot of snot bubbles and time to get there. I mean, it, you know, I was, I was 30, 30 years old before that happened. And it was a, a little, you know, like 900 square foot studio. And I, I stayed in that studio as long as I could. And I stacked up my paper and I worked hard and now I have my studio I have now. And, you know, instant gratification is a really uh, fucked up thing. Um, I think artists, especially understand that like you know you have a thought you have to create the painting or the sculpture you know there's time involved in that and people need to keep that same patience with their career I mean I've said it before and I'll say it again instant gratification will get you high drunk or pregnant (laughs) everything else is going to take a minute yeah and that's and I love that that's totally fine because I think we do live in such a world of instant gratification that you know you do one painting and you're supposed to be this smash success and it's like well hold on where's the thousand that you did leading up to this exactly you know um you said sculpture that is such a good segue I love because I I found you through your paintings a couple of years ago and I love the piece that was on the front of create magazine with Jesus in his um yellow glasses I do yeah man that was funny enough I wasn't going to sell that and God bless Dallas Texas this very wealthy woman was floating in the water in Croatia and offered me seven times the amount of the value of that painting and I was like okay fucking sold (laughs) I'm going to sell it oh my god I was just going to ask who bought that because it is so good yeah she's a bad bitch and I wasn't going to sell it she gave me seven times what I was asking for it Okay, <laughs> you can have it. Everything is really for sale. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I love all your paintings. And but your sculptures is—are the sculptures new-ish? Look, yeah. like your lipsticks and all that stuff. Like, yeah. You know, I think this is what I tell artists all the time. I tell, not just artists, but all kinds of people. I would love there to be a world full of rich artists because. Artists that have money, you know, it's not about like Bentleys and, you know, mansions and all that kind of crap. It's like about being able to have the capital to create any idea that you have. And I think, you know, it it isn't a matter of boredom with painting at all. It's a matter of, ooh, what if I could do that too? Ooh, what about a giant lipstick? Ooh, what about a sculpture of a sheet cake that says, I'm sorry, I made you Google Bukaki. I love them so much. I know. And and it's so funny. I sent that to my dad. And he said, Ashley, what is Bukaki? I said, Google it. <laughs> and which is actually, Bukaki is from a Japanese word, Bukakaru, which means to sprinkle. So you know. Well, I'll save you from Googling it. I was just going to say, I don't know what it is. Should I Google it right now? Yeah. You know what Bukaki is, don't you? No. Are you shitting me right now? No. I need you to Google Bugatti. Okay, hang on. Oh, oh God. What am I going to find? You really don't know what Bugatti no. is? No. No. Oh, my God. Danielle. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Oh. Am I, not, I feel really not cool now. 
Look, look, look all right, go to Urban Dictionary. Oh, no. Okay, it's coming. Hang on, I got to open Google. It's coming? Is it coming? <laughs> oh, no. Now I can see where we're going here with this. <laughs> oh, no. Is your whole team sitting there laughing their heads no, off at me right now? No. Um, no. I'm I'm back in my I'm back in my studio. The front is Jazz Fest down here, so there's Oh like You know that I'm coming there in July? Oh my god. Are you are you around in July? Yes. I'm having a gig in the Hamptons, but I should be here mostly. Okay, how do Did I you Google Bukaki yet? I'm, I'm doing it. How do I spell it? <laughs> B U K K A K E. B U K K E. What? No, oh, I see it. A K E. Oh. <laughs> Danielle, oh. I'm sorry I made you Google Bukaki. <laughs> now I know the piece of work of yours that I need to own. Because <laughs> you just made me do it. Thank you. That was very informative on a Friday morning. <laughs> I wonder how many people are Googling it right now. How many people do you think know what it means? Well, now you know what it means. Now I sure do. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think it's healthy sometimes to look at porn just to keep it fresh in the boudoir, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, there's lots of different categories. I'm a curious gal, you know. You got to you gotta do your research. I was so just going to say, it's all about research. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we now know what that is. Movingon.com. Um, when, when was the first cake that you made? Your sheet cake? Was, are the... Because they like seem brand new. Weeks ago. How long? Three weeks ago. And then I made that giant cake that I can jump out of. Have you seen that? Yes, I did. Yeah, and I like to hide in that thing when people come in. Like, it's Jazz Fest right now. And there's so many people. So, like, this afternoon, I'll go hide in that cake. I put a little peephole in it. And then when the when my whole front, front of my showroom is completely packed with full of people, I'll just jump out of that thing and scare the hell out of everybody. Oh, my God. What are you wearing when you jump out? Is um, your robe right. still on? I'm wearing a T-shirt that says uh, Aspirations, and it's, it's big, bedazzled, big old booty with a thong on it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to lead to some sales right there. While I've been on the phone with you, by the way, my phone is right here. My team has sold three paintings. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And see, it's so, this is so awesome to be an artist. To not work with galleries, to be able to create my own fempire, and to have this team of amazing people that are working with me that are literally, some of them are 25 years old, buying houses, rolling up in a new Mercedes, walking in the door covered in Gucci. Like, this is so much more not just about me selling, you know, my artwork. This is about being, this is the essence of, of America in my, and, in, in, you know, in my perspective, you know, I've created this company, you know, they're selling these paintings. They understand me. They're with me. They're here during the creative process. They're helping me bedazzle. And then they're selling them and everybody loves what they're selling. And then they're making money. I mean, it's like, we're happy and we're having fun and we get to make money. What? And we don't give up for 50%. What? I mean, yeah. this is incredible it's incredible and I'm grateful every day and I'm happy but don't get it twisted because I got that fire burning inside of me mm -hmm. I know like I can't even imagine I can't even imagine like what is ahead like the next 50 years like what are you gonna do it's just crazy the, the stuff that's ahead it's exciting it is so exciting okay we got to talk about like my I'm just putting it out there my dream, like when I saw you on Instagram bawling about New York Times, I was like, mm -hmm. that would so be me. And I said to my husband, I showed it to him, and I was like, I want to be featured in the New York Times. And he said, oh, you will be. And I was like, when? You will be. You <laughs> when? Will be. But I would be just like you. I would be a sobbing. Like, I'm, it, it was so, I don't know, just like another woman who's an artist you know, who, who just is doing her thing because she has to do her thing, being celebrated was, um, it was so exciting to watch. Yeah. And that writer, Ruth LaFerla, I think she did such an incredible job. I mean, for the New York times, I was expecting there to be some, you know, obviously the other 
side of the story of some gallerist just like ripping me apart. But even the gallerist that she mentioned, he he was so nice, you know? Yeah, um, it was such a good article. Like it was just, I mean, it told your story beautifully. Uh, it, it, I mean, I, I didn't know you yet, but it's like the things that I assumed, like it was just, it was written really, really well and just left you in such a beautiful bedazzled light and that that's exactly what it should do so I don't yeah, blame you for crying and the power of that oh yeah and then you know earlier in the year when you know you know I was the first female artist to ever have a solo exhibition at Bergdorf Goodman which is sort of like my god after a hundred years <clears throat> sad but also awesome at the same time yeah and you know, I, I had no idea <clears throat> that David Hoey, you know, their genius window designer, who is like so legendary, who I have idolized for my entire life. Um, you know, I pulled around the corner and there were six windows down Fifth Avenue, floor to ceiling with all of my paintings. And oh. boy, that just leveled me. And then my dad came up and then he was crying and then my team was crying. And, you know, tears of joy are just it's it's uh you know it's 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 nice to balance out the snot bubbles you yeah know? yeah tears of joy they're almost as delicious as ranch almost 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 you wouldn't dip a chicken finger in there but yeah close um, so yeah, I was gonna ask about your dad like as an entrepreneur he must be I mean I'm sure he was proud of you before but he must be ridiculously proud of you he's very very proud of me and for him to you know I mean he's 72 for him to be alive and to be there at that show when when we opened up at Bergdorf Goodman and I mean when I tell you that iconic seventh floor hallway was packed I mean there must have been almost a thousand people on the seventh floor they said they've never seen anything like it um my dad walked out of the elevator and turned towards the entire crowd and was like y'all this is my daughter and he got all teary-eyed and of course if I see my dad even start to cry then I start crying then my team is crying and I mean, it just, what a moment in my career and for my father to be there. I mean, that is just the, the best. How did that show come about? Oh my God. Did you, Uh, did you approach them? Did they approach you? No, you don't approach Bergdorf Goodman. That's (laughs) amateur. Well, I thought you might, like, I don't know. You might be like, Hey y'all, it's me. Listen, when you are, when you're fishing for a whale, you know, you, you got to use a lot of finesse and you ha- sometimes you have to let the really big ones, it has to be their idea. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so what, one of their, their buyers, Nicole Dillon, she's this amazing woman. Um, she had read women's wear daily and I'd done this little collaboration with Mark Cross, uh, for a store in Dallas called 4510. And it just so happened that she'd seen my little Wayne painting at the Pontchartrain hotel. And I'm like sitting in a meeting. I look down at my phone and I see this email address that said Bergdorf Goodman. And I'm like, oh, my God, what the heck is this? <clears throat> I open it up, and she's like, you know, we're wanting to put together this whole gallery thing down the seventh floor. We'd love to include a painting. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, that's amazing. When can I get on the phone with you? I get on the phone with her. I'm like, look, just so you know, and I'm just going to throw this out there. I am a crazy person that paints. I'm so prolific. I could do that whole hallway. I've got chairs. I've got sculptures. I've got paintings. I've got bedazzled butterflies. Let me put together a PDF, and you just show it to your people and let me know what you think. So I I slung together with my graphic designer, Nina, this badass PDF, and she called me the next day and said, you've got it. You've got the whole damn hall. We want it to be all you. Oh, my gosh. She goes, and we showed it to David, and he may want to do a little window. And, of course, you know, again, head in hand. I'm sobbing. My whole team, we can't believe this. Um, I mean, because, come on, Bergdorf Goodman. That's, yeah. that's a major poontang, y'all. Major, major poontang. And, I mean, I, I, when I was 20-something years old, I would walk past Bergdorf Goodman and go, who in the hell can buy anything in there? Everything in there is so expensive. How does somebody do it? How, how do you do it? How do you make it in New York? How do you get there? And, you know, it just I, – I worked so hard over the holidays. I overproduced. I sent, like, 200 paintings up there. So David was like, oh, let me add another window, another window, another window. So we had all this artwork. It was just – and I, I've got a big announcement that I'm making in the next couple of weeks, too, in regards to Bergdorf Goodman that I'm going to be very excited to share. I can't do it yet, but 
The majorness continues. Oh, God. Of course it does. It's like it is a bedazzled snowball that is just, like, rolling down the mountain. Now, that being said, you know, there's been the Bergdorf-Goodman effect, right? So all of these big, huge brands, which I love to collaborate, you know. When I collaborate with somebody, I want it to be fun. I want to learn from them, you know. Uh That being said, I'm also a business person. I want exposure and money, too. So I've had, you know, some billion-dollar brands that I've had meetings with, that I've spoken with. And I mean, this is the other thing about being an artist. You know, once you do get to a level where you're, you know, negotiating and talking about things and figuring out what am I worth? What do I get paid? Let me tell you what you're worth. You absolutely deserve to get paid if the company that you're working for is making money off of something you're designing. And so that being said, I've told several billion dollar companies to go fuck themselves because they seem to think that I should work for exposure alone. Yeah. And I'm talking about like me belly laughing on the phone with a brand director saying, you are hilarious, but no, I'm worth more than that. Um, so, you know, it, it, you look, once you get to a certain point, you know, everybody deserves to get exposure and to get money. So um, I'm, I'm having fun with these collaboration conversations. Yeah, good for you. That's awesome. Was that another sale? I just heard a bang on your email. Yes. yes. <laughs> Every time I hear it now, I'm like, oh, I think she sold another painting. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you know, that's so important. I, I get emails all the time Ask, you know, oh, would you like exposure? And it's like, no, I would like money. No, I, yes. You know, yes. at this stage, like when I, when I first started Jealous Curator, I would do, I just said yes to everything because it was worth it to me when nobody knew that Jealous Curator existed. But now it's like, well, hold the phone. You know what I do when I get those emails where people are like, well, you post this on your Instagram. I say, they're like, how much money would you want? I always say, and I carbon copy everybody on my team, like 19 people. I say, I want $5 million and a Bentley. Because I think if I keep saying that, eventually somebody's going to say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can I steal that? Uh, that's a really good um, business proposition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never oh, know. Wow. Ask and ye may receive. That's right. You might get seven times what you wanted for your Jesus painting. Exactly. Oh, my God. Okay. I don't even like, oh, let's talk about your book. Yes. You don't look fat. You look crazy. It's true. Where, who, did someone say something or where did that come from? I was having lunch with all these trophy wives and every time one of them got up from the table to go to the bathroom, all the other trophy wives would talk so nasty about the other ones. So first of all, I gave myself a bladder infection going to lunch with these women because I was scared to go to the bathroom. (laughs) And then they're all so thin and beautiful, you know, I mean like really beautiful, like you know, like these hoes have been contouring for a long ass time. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, gravity has not touched them. But then I, I kept thinking, you know, and they always talk about their weight and they do the shuffle where they just push their food around their plate. And I'm thinking, bitch, I thought this in my mind, bitch, you don't, you don't look fat. You look fucking crazy. You know, they're like beautiful and insecure and, you know, everything they want to buy, they have to go ask their husband, you know, and I'm <sighs> thinking, Oh, this is America. Who wants to go ask their husband if they could buy a fucking purse? I'm like, are you shitting me? Oh my God. This is America, damn it. I travel all over the world. We've got more opportunity than anybody. Make your own fucking money. You don't have to beg for a fucking purse. So that said, you know, I just thought that this story and like telling, you know, my memoir as, you know, so far, you know, it should be called, you don't look fat, you look crazy. I love it. When did that come out? That's pretty new too, isn't it? Uh, it came out last year. Oh, okay. Came out last year. And yeah. you, did you do book tour stuff for it? Or were you too busy painting? You know, I didn't. And I'll tell you why, because I expected my publisher to pay for it. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know that she read the book. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to leave my easel to go on a book tour to make you money. If you're not paying for it, I think you're confused about how I make a living. So, I mean, you know, look, the book world is very antiquated. And um, so so what I did, um, you know, I bought a whole bunch of the books at a lower rate and I sell them myself. I've sold thousands and thousands and thousands of them at a much larger profit margin than I ever would have had had she sent me on the book tour. So yet again, winning. Yeah, you are. 
Oh, you're such, you're so inspiring. That's all. You you are too. You are too. Oh my goodness. Well, just imagine what's going to happen if we get together this July. Yeah, we have to. Please come. Right? I don't know why I didn't realize, I always forget that that's where you're from and I've never been there in my life. And so I'm coming to speak this collage conference and uh, I was like, oh my God, I think Ashley lives there. Yeah, so, email me your date so that we can, like, set a date. Yeah, you know? I want to come and see your studio and get some fried chicken. Yeah, we'll have fried chicken. I'll get, um, I have this great chef that does fried chicken, and then she does uh, deviled eggs topped with caviar. It's so good. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah, we'll make it all decadent for you. We'll have some bubbles. It'll be great. I'm in. Um, okay, what else should we talk about? Um, what's Artgasm? Arcasm is a platform I created because I didn't want to follow the traditional way of pulling giclés, making prints. I mean, I see these young artists who whose price points are $2,000, and then they go and pull prints, and I'm thinking, what are you doing? Women have handbags that cost 10 times as much as your most expensive painting. What are you doing? So I didn't want to dilute my brand um, by doing iPhone covers and T-shirts and G-clays and prints and that kind of thing. I wanted to create a subscription-based model where people could have things, you know, my palette, I hand sign it. That's the first gift. And I thought, my God, can you imagine if you had like a Andy Warhol palette? Yeah. Sign that was the foundation of what he, I mean, I know he did screen prints, but like, let's say you could have bought one of his rollers for his screen prints that he signed and he wrote on it, Marilyn Monroe. And you knew like, fuck, this is fucking amazing. Something that, it, that, that gains value. Yeah. Uh, I, oh my gosh. Letter, you know, I'll, uh, everything I send via Artgasm is hand signed. I offer great gifts uh, through Artgasm that, you know, only my Artgasm members can get. Um, that being said, it's also a great stream of revenue um, that isn't based solely on my shoulder and my wrist. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're an artist, your creativity does should not just stop after you finish making what you consider art. Your marketing and your business sense should be as creative as that is because that's how you have a really long career. If you only depend on a gallery for your income, then what if that gallery closes? Who are your clients? You know what I mean? You're giving yeah. all of that. You're, you're giving them everything. You're giving them all the power. It is, a, is much harder to do what I've done, but I feel like I will have a much longer, more lucrative career by understanding who I'm selling to, by you know creating this business. Um, I just, I think creativity spills everywhere, you know, and um, I, I, I just beg of artists to please see themselves as not just an artist, but an entrepreneur, as somebody creating something that is tangible and that you deserve to get paid because you only have a certain amount of days in your life. You will be dead one day. I will die. When somebody comes in here and tries to grind me down, I look at them and I go, are you fucking serious? I'm going to be dead one day. You have the opportunity to buy my spirit right now. We love each other. Whip out the credit card and half the time it's a fucking black card. And I'm like, you fucking. <laughs> but, but, I'm, but I'm serious. You know, being an artist doesn't just mean that you're just this wreck that deserves to be back in a cubby hole while some gallery takes 50% of your money. It means society needs you. You are special. You're defining our culture right now. You are a gift. You are sensitive. You deserve to get paid. You deserve to understand your audience. You deserve to understand your business. Take it. Get it. Make that money. Make more stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was like, my heart is racing. That's like an anthem. Get that money, honey. Get that money. Get that money. Honey. <laughs> we should we should all have to go into the studio every morning and put our heart our hand over our heart and say it. Can I get it? Oh. Can I get an amen, Danielle? Amen. Amen. <laughs> yes, you can. Oh my god, that was exciting. I've got a painting going on in the studio right now and I like I feel like I might just hang up on you and go work on it right now. Fucking get that money, Danielle. You go fucking, you're a fucking closer, girl. Get that money. 
Oh my God. I hope everybody that's listening at home is like crying tears of joy and excitement and ready to roll. Yeah, this is your life. Get fired up. Do something. Yeah, yeah. Don't sit around scratching your ass. No. Do it. Make it happen. Make it fucking happen. <laughs> okay, so here's my last question before the not-so-speedy speed round. You're clearly making it happen. And I know you can't tell us the big announcement um, coming up, but what are you, like, what are you going to work on today? Like, what's going on right now? Sheet cakes? Uh, what? Yeah, I, have, I have other round sheet cakes I'm working on right now mm -hmm. um, that I'm really excited about. One of them says, a blowjob a day keeps the lawyers away. That's from a married gals. I'm going to put that on a wedding cake. <laughs> um, I'm working on some paintings. I'll tell you what I'm doing right now. I'm really trying to focus on my time management because the phone's been ringing off the hook since Bergdorf Goodman and the New York Times. And, you know, I'm feeling this wave of, you know, I've got, I've got this whole team and people asking me questions. And what I'm doing right now is taking back my, my time. Like I need to go back to that sweet, precious solitude that, that is so beautiful when you're a young artist trying to get everybody to go, look at me, look at me, see me, buy me. You know, I'm trying right now to really focus my efforts on going back into, into that place that saved me, that is my joy, that is my bliss. And this, this is why I tell so many young artists when they go, oh, God, you know, how do I do it? I say, you're going to do it, but enjoy where you are right now because having just your time for creativity is so sweet. So I'm just trying to get back my time where I can make more paintings and make more sculptures. And I want to get into video. I've got this video thing I'm working on right now. I just. How are you doing that? Are you just like blocking off chunks of time and being like, this has to be my studio time? I put a sign on my door that says, fuck off, and I shut the door. <laughs> I also have a door knocker of a naked man with giant testicles and that's the door knocker. And I'm like, if anybody has the balls to interrupt me, then go for it. Oh my God. I love it. Does your fuck off sign have any jewels on it or anything? Or is it pretty straightforward? No, totally. It's pink. It's pink glitter. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's what I was hoping that there was. No, I can stay on brand here. Come on. Danielle. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. On. I know. Um, I've been, um, well, this is why I loved your sheet cake so much. I have been in the last little while, I always work on paper, but I've been putting more and more paint and so it's buckling. And so I've moved to panel and I got rid of my brushes and I have been painting with a cake decorating kit. Yeah, that's it. And it is the most, like I laugh out loud like a crazy person in my studio because it is the most fun I have had in years. Oh, I'm so glad. It is fun, isn't it? It is fun. I'm going to send you some photos because I did a couple of round panels and they've both sold already. And then now I'm today I'm working on a little square one and I could be in there all day with my Ooh. icing and my slabs. And like, I pretend that yeah. it's icing. It's the best. Hell yes. I love it. It is the best. Ooh, I even sprinkled some gold glitter on one of them. And this is like before I even saw yours. And then I saw your slab cakes and I was like... Soul Listen, sisters, soul sisters. There, no, there are plenty of slab cakes to go around for everybody. <laughs> the more slab cakes, the better is how I see it. It's just fun. Like it was, it's just fun to try something different. You know, I, I run around the world telling people experiment, don't be afraid to fail. And it's just like, seriously, put your brushes away. Like I was at the dollar store and I saw this icing kit cake thing and I was like, huh. I wonder if that would work. I am having the best time. I don't know where it'll go, but who cares? It's so fun. I am so glad. Yeah, it is all about that, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, are you ready for a not-so-speedy speed round? Yes. Okay. One. Full body spanks or simply spank shorts? Uh, God, I prefer shapewear top. Mm-hmm. Is that, like, is that, like the whole like is that like a little unitard situation yeah it's kind of like a tank top but it's got lots of lycra lycra is my oh, day okay see because i've only ever done the shorts but then i get like the spillage i'm not worried about my booty it's more like my middle section and also if you get the right shapewear um then it, it also keeps your gals up oh, so you don't okay. have to deal with like a push-up bra or anything it's beautiful okay good to know um, I thought that was so funny in the New York Times, like kicking right off, like, what was it about your morning routine? It was like, yeah, yes. Snapping that shapewear, baby. I yeah, love it. I love it. I just, I laughed out loud when I read that. Um, okay. Favorite cocktail. 
Uh, uh, okay. If I'm really going to go big, then I like a kettle one martini, uh, with a twist. Um, if I'm going to be drinking all day, then I like to do an Aperol spritz. Oh, nice. Mm, love an Aperol spritz. I also love Pinot Noir. Okay. Is there, is, see, coming to New Orleans, is there like a, is there like a drink you're supposed to have when you come there? You're supposed to drink everything in New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I fly home. On a Saturday night, I get home Saturday night. The next morning, I'm doing a triathlon. Jesus, don't drink anything. <laughs> I said to my husband, "I'm not a, I'm not a particularly good triathlete, but like I could do it. But like I know, like I'm usually last." And I said, "Maybe I should get like beads and just like throw them at people off the bike and stuff." Sure. That's a great idea. Yeah, I could instead of my race bike, I could use my cruiser bike. It has a basket, and I could just fill it up with beads. I love it. Yeah, love and it. just throw them at people, and I, they'll still be hung over, and it'll be fine. Yeah, and they even make beads that have, like, little dicks and stuff on them. I would recommend oh, that. See, people will love that on a nice Sunday morning. Yeah, they would love that. <laughs> okay, next Okay, question. next. Do you believe in ghosts? My God, it's so funny that you would ask me that. <laughs> Why? Uh, well, I, I just um, had a friend come and remove a ghost from my house two days ago. Yes. Ooh, I just answer. got chills. Okay, can I hear that? The answer is yes. Sorry. Yes. Was it a mean ghost that had to be removed? No, I don't think it was a mean ghost. It just was a ghost that didn't need to be around. Oh, my God. See, this is what I'm worried about with New Orleans. Like, there's a lot of ghosts there. Yeah, there is. Just put a black tourmaline in your pocket. A black what? A black tourmaline oh, in your okay. pocket. That keeps mm-hmm. them away? Or you could do the more professional version and put one up your vagina. But I, I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> God. Um, okay, so the ghost is gone, you feel? Oh, yeah, it's totally gone. Ghosts have been around me my whole entire life, and they know that I know that they're there. So, yeah, I do. I do believe in ghosts, yes. Yeah, me too. We're going to have to. This will be part of our conversation over drinks. Yes. Okay, and finally, um, favorite snack food. I think we've covered that, though. I mean. Chicken strips and ranch? Yeah, but I mean, like. Look, I can't drink, I, I can't have chicken strips and ranch every day for a snack. While I've been on the phone with you, and, and this is going to surprise you, um, I drank this thing called a machine, which is kale, spinach, cucumber, apple, pineapple, peppermint, lemon, and it is so damn tasty. Plus, it gives you diarrhea, and all skinny people have diarrhea. Everybody knows that. But I drink one of these every day, and I got to tell you, I fucking love this thing. I mean... <laughs> I, it ain't chicken strips and ranch, but it makes you feel good, and, and it gives you the runs. So, uh, you know, from my friend's company, Raw Republic, she makes them fresh every day, and um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I green juice. Win-win. I, you feel good? Diarrhea? It's all there for you. Yeah. Everybody, everybody who's skinny has diarrhea. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I just started, I do these um, smoothies every morning that's a spinach, spinach, blueberries, cucumber, banana, and almond milk. Delicious. And like it looks gray and like it would be horrible. It's a delight. No, it is good. It is oh, good. No. And you, you're skinny. You have diarrhea. I know you do. I'm not. You know what is so funny? The you don't look fat, you look crazy thing. The reason I was wondering where that came from was that I don't know if I've told this story in the podcast or not, but I was doing a workshop somewhere and uh, maybe a year or two ago. And there was this group of women that, you know, were like, Jell's curator fans and they're all standing in a little circle and they're like oh you know we've been following you since the beginning blah 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 and this one woman said and she was a huge fan and she said um she's like oh I just have to say though she's like you're so different than I thought you'd be and I said oh really I said what did you think I'd be and she goes well you know skinny what <laughs> and I, I just was sort of like was it I don't like I don't I fucked up man like what do I say and she didn't mean it in a mean way she was just like she was just totally being genuine. Like, I just thought you'd be skinnier. And I was like, that's so fucked cool. Up. <laughs> like, I didn't know what to say. Probably has an abusive mother that made fun of her body for her whole life. <laughs> Maybe. But anyway, I just, that's it. That's it? Oh. I know. This has been so delightful to spend this hour with you. Thank you so much. I know. And I could keep going because, like, I just, I mean, there's so <laughs> many things that you do. And I just, What? We'll do a part two one day. Yes. Well, you know what? I, I really want to meet you in person when I'm down there. Hopefully you'll be around. It's like middle of July sometime, like the 14th or something. 
I am in the Hamptons. Oh. I have a huge party that um, um, this collector of mine is having for me. Damn it, Danielle. Damn it. Well, so another gallery invited me to come back and do a book tour thing in the fall. So maybe I will come back for that. Oh, nice. Oh, what shoot. That sucks. I totally wanted to meet you. What gallery? I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. Somebody just emailed me the other day and said, we see that you're coming down for this conference. You want to come back and do something for your book? And um, I will if some, but I always say like, I can't, I would love to go all over the world, but people have to pay me to come there because I can't just pay to travel around the world by myself. No, you know what? You know what I tell people? Send the fucking plane, baby. Yeah, I know. I know. I even try. I even actually tried to get an airline sponsor so that I was like, there, that's covered. They said no. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. They're all broke as hell. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, good point. So, anyway, I but if I can get back down there, I will try. So, what's the Hamptons thing? That That's where the money is. Yeah, honey, we fish it for the major poontang. <laughs> um, it's it's a good friend of mine. I, I don't know how much of this I can disclose on a podcast because oh, okay. it's sort of oh. a, pri- it's a private event. But it's in, you know, that's major poontangville. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be amazing. And are you doing sculptures, paintings, the whole thing? Yes, yes. 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 Yeah, so yes. exciting. Okay, well, I'm going to do a great big post. This is going up tonight. Ow! Yeah, I don't waste any time. And so um, I'm going to do a great big post that has all this stuff and all the links and everything we talked about so people can, you, you know. anything for my team? Can we send you drop boxes? What do you need? I don't think so. I think I can find everything that we talked about on your site and Instagram yep. or whatever. If I do, um, I'll just shoot an email over, but I'm going to do the post right now. And Am I going to be on the Jealous Curator Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> You're up there right now. I put up a New York Times. This is the biggest day of my career. <laughs> oh, don't don't it, cry. Made it. Don't cry. Um, no, I put up um I was writing the not so speedy speed round questions yesterday and so I put up the awesome picture from the New York Times with your big Chanel necklace around your neck. And I, yeah, and I said, um, I said, writing not so speedy speed round questions right now. And people were, are freaking out. People, somebody just, somebody said, oh my God, I just screamed at my phone. Like people cannot wait to hear this. Thank you so much, Danielle, for this opportunity. Oh my God. Thank you for following your heart. Thank you for all the good energy you put out there for artists. Thank you for the platform. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is such an honor. I really appreciate it. Oh my God. Well, thank you for taking the time out of Jazz Fest and jumping out of cakes to come and talk to me. Amen, baby. Yeah, I'll let you go put your aspiration shirt back on and uh, jump out of a cake and have an amazing day, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Danielle. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Seriously, what do I even say after that? (laughs) I really am going to drop everything, clear the day, and head into the studio right this very second. And I might have chicken strips and ranch for lunch because now that's all I can think about. Okay, so let's all do this, okay? Make work, know your worth, sell your art, and repeat. My heart is racing with excitement, and honestly, I feel even more proud to be an artist than I did earlier today. Thank you so much to Ashley for her infectious, inspiring, crazy stories, and taking time from her post-New York Times days to talk to me for an hour. Thank you to Sachi Art and Thrive Mastermind for supporting this episode, and of course, thank you for listening. There will be more art for your ear next weekend. See you then.